Welcome to Alive with Purpose. You are listening to episode 23, Alive with Purpose, and your coaching questions answered. Hello, my name is Erin Aquin, and I am so excited about this episode today. Here's the deal. I was last week just away in California with my husband and he was doing some work stuff, some like great stuff for his company. Um, we love the company he works for, by the way. And I thought I would come along. My parents lovingly agreed to take care of our two little ones. And I was kind of like unsure if it was going to be a total vacation for me or if I was going to like bury my head in the sand and work really hard. And I kind of decided to do both. So I did some writing. I haven't actually had a lot of time to sit down and write because I've been busy creating some other projects and uh, courses for the next upcoming year. And I've been doing a lot of coaching. So I spent some time working on my writing and I spent some time shopping and going to the spa and like looking at the ocean. So it was a really nice mix of downtime and work time. So I'm so glad that I did that because it also gave me some space to think about all of you. (laughs) And one of the things I decided to do while I was there was kind of put out the call. So if you follow me on Instagram, on Instagram right now, my name is Aquin Yoga and that might change. I might be changing that soon, but you can find me at Aquin Yoga or if you are part of my online community at alivewithpurposecoaching.com or aquinyoga.com, then you probably saw this email, but I put out the call to do some free coaching. Now in the past, I have done this either one-on-one on the phone, or I have done some email coaching back and forth. But as my clients and my client base starts to grow, as I'm doing a lot of one-on-one work with people, as I'm doing some small group sessions and programs, I have not been able to negotiate a lot of time to do free work for people. But I'm still really committed to doing it because I know that there are people for whatever reason that can't um, either budget for a coach on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Maybe I haven't created a program that you really feels right for you yet. It's all good, but I do want to make sure that I'm still offering things for those of you who listen to the podcast, who've followed my work, and maybe just aren't ready to kind of like lock into more regular coaching or get into some of the intensive programs that I offer. So what I did was I put out the call on Instagram and via email that I was going to be doing some free coaching, and I got people to write in their questions to me, either on one of those social media platforms or via email, and I promised that I would coach them on it. But instead of it just being one-on-one, I'm going to be responding to those questions here today on the podcast. Now, I always get really ambitious when I put out the call for these things. So I'm only going to be going through a couple of these live, uh, as live as it is when I'm recording this. And then anybody else who responded, I'm going to get back to you. I will get back to you this week and either answer via email or personally, or I'll save it for another occasion. But I did want you to know that if you wrote a question to me, I am going to answer it because I promised I would. 
But today I wanted to specifically talk about these three different questions because I think that you will no doubt, (laughs) whoever you are, be able to uh, relate to all three of them in one form or another. So the first one is about um, co-parenting situation. So even if you don't have kids, you may have a difficult relationship in your life. So something that has been very helpful to me as I have been part of different coaching groups and as I have learned to coach as my own profession is is that it's so interesting that you can really insert your own problem or issue into almost anything that's going on for people. So I want you, as you're listening today, even if you can't personally relate to the specifics of this person's situation, you know, maybe there is an aspect of it that you can take away, especially when it comes to the thought work. Okay, let's dive in. The first question I wanted to address was about that co-parenting situation. So I know a lot of you listening are in a relationship that is no longer a partnership, but you maybe share custody of a child or you're in a co-parenting relationship with someone who you're no longer romantically involved with. So this question, I'm just going to sort of summarize it for you, but basically the person writing was asking about what to do when her child does not want to visit with her ex. So her daughter is coming and saying that she really doesn't want to go there. She has terrible sleep when she's there. Um, It really obviously upsets her to be there. And she's saying that she just wants to stay home. The daughter is begging the mom not to have to go. And the mom's response is, I'm sorry, I can't change it, but he loves you and I will see you soon. She said, we both end up in a situation, a dead end situation and talk about when she's old enough to tell the court her opinion and no longer have to go. My child and I are absolutely best friends and are really able to communicate effectively. She is stoic when she has to go see her father and puts on her game face, acts brave, but she's unhappy and I have zero power to change it. What could I say to her? What strategies could I put in place to make her feel better about all of this? It's an ongoing nightmare with pending visits always looming over our heads. So that's sort of the summary. So basically I want to respond to this, um, It sounds like there's a lot of thoughts that your daughter is having about the situation. There's a lot of thoughts that you're having about the situation. And I think this is a really, um, a really interesting one because a lot of us deal with relationships or people in our life that we don't necessarily want to have to interact with. And it can feel very dramatic, especially when there's a child involved. So Of course, when it comes to like our child's safety, um, making sure everything is happening in a way that protects our child, 100% you should make sure you feel good about that reality. Because if that's not happening, then um, thought work isn't really maybe the place that you'd want to start. However, the next piece is like, if everything seems to be above board and it's just, you know, her preference right now is to not go and maybe your feelings about the situation are in line with that, then we want to really look at this with a thought model. 
So you've given me this very detailed scenario, which actually I really appreciate because it really helps me see some of the thoughts that you're thinking. One thought that you mentioned was that the only time she ever sleeps and is at peace is when she's home. She only sees him once a week, but it's always terrible. She begs me not to go, which may be a fact. Maybe she does beg you not to go, um, but she's having a lot of thoughts that are propelling and perpetuating that emotion behind it. I think it's really important to know how you want to work on this because we can't, even though we love our children, we can't change their feelings. The best thing I think you can do as a parent, and I'm still a new parent, so maybe in 10 years I'll change my mind on this, but I really do believe that the best thing you can do as a parent is start to verbalize and teach how thoughts create everything. So when she says, I hate going to see my father, that's the thought she's thinking. Maybe you would want to ask her, okay, well, what's the feeling? When you think the thought, I hate going to see my father, what feeling do you feel? And you mentioned a few. You said there was... um, some anxiety about it, that she she feels unhappy. So maybe she feels anxious. Let's pick that one. She feels anxious when she thinks the thought, I don't want to visit my father. And when you're anxious, what do you do? You build things up in your mind. You don't sleep well. You tell your mom, beg your mom that to, to not have to go. You do all of these things. And then the result is she's going to have a terrible time because she doesn't want to be there in the first place. So for her, you could start to maybe teach how some of these more negative thoughts that she's thinking are creating her results. Now, once we understand that, you might also, and, and I think this is great for all of us, want to do that same model work for yourself because you also have a lot of thoughts about this other person and what he's doing and who he is. So, you know, as I say, if you feel like the situation is totally safe, he just doesn't relate to my child in a way that I do, then there's a lot of thought work that you probably want to do to change that because you can't artificially start to find evidence for the ways that maybe this person's a wonderful parent and a loving father if you're not looking for those thoughts in your own brain. So I would say that this is a situation where the groove of your own thoughts and your daughter's thoughts has created a really deep pattern that is going to take some time to rework. So in this scenario, I probably wouldn't just jump right into trying to think about it in a more positive way because this really is not about like thought work as positive affirmations and all of that kind of stuff. I think that works for some people, but that's not what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is maybe looking for the ways in which she does have a good time. Like where are the moments where she is having a nice time and why, what is she thinking at that point where she does feel happy, where she doesn't feel anxious. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, especially those of you who are parents and you're dealing with a co-parenting situation. Because I think at the end of the day, the most important thing that we can teach our kids is that 
the way someone else is, someone, the way someone else acts is not really in our control. So this other parent in your situation is an adult and he can parent your child together the way that he wants to. Maybe you guys don't agree on every everything, but he is an adult and he gets to do that until maybe there's a point where you guys decide that that's not appropriate or not working. But for now, their relationship, the the father and the daughter's relationship really doesn't have a lot to do with you. That should actually be empowering because what you can teach your daughter is that she gets to decide the relationship and the depth of that relationship for herself that she has with her father. She can still tell you everything. You guys can still be super close. All of those great things that you guys have, maybe she'll never have with her dad, but you don't need to worry about trying to control or enhance her experience because maybe she is just going to feel that way. Maybe she's going to choose to not want to be there. And I think it will create so much less suffering if you can let your ex be who he is as an adult because even though you're not with him, (laughs) it sounds like you made a decision to not be with this person for many reasons But at this point, he and his daughter have a relationship. And the good news is you don't have to manage it. You can be as involved or as uninvolved as you want to be. But you can still teach your daughter how to do some of this thought work for herself so that she doesn't create suffering and build up all of these really negative thoughts in her head. Because how on earth are you going to have a good time with your dad if you're just dreading it every single time. So that would be my suggestion is actually working through some of the thoughts, some of the feelings that she's having, not demonizing, not even trying to change them at first because these are so, um, it sounds like these are really deep patterns for you guys right now, but just identifying how her thoughts are creating her reality So how her thoughts of, I hate going there are creating a situation in the end where she hates being there. And that's just a vicious cycle. And I'd love to hear how this goes. So please feel free to email me and let me know. Um, Also, if you're a parent in a co-parenting situation, I'd love to hear how you're dealing with this as well. You can do that over at alivewithpurposecoaching.com. This is episode 23. Okay, my next question comes from a yoga instructor. You guys know I'm a yoga instructor, right? So for years, I did a lot of work mentoring yoga teachers. I even wrote a book called The A to Z of Being a Successful Yoga Teacher. And I love working with yoga teachers. And we need so much coaching. (laughs) So I do love hearing from all of you yoga teachers out there. But I think that even if you're not a yoga instructor... If you work as an entrepreneur, you run your own business, you deal with um, sometimes clients you might deem difficult, uh, you're going to like this question, and I hope that my answer will be thought-provoking for you. Okay, so this yoga teacher wrote to me and said, my biggest struggle right now is dealing with a difficult client while teaching in a very small community. I know I'm not dealing with it right, and I've tried a lot of approaches. She says, advice has been given to sack the client, not possible, 
it's really getting to me and I want to help the person involved, but I'm not sure I can without it having a detrimental effect on me and my business. She gave me also a few examples of what is happening. So the client is, the client has some physical issues that are creating pain and is determined to do the most difficult classes. I reluctantly let her join the difficult class and then have a chat with her after as I spend a lot of time with her during the session offering alternatives and assisting etc in the best way possible. The client has been coming for over a year and doesn't want to or chooses not to listen to any advice. They have a lot going on which is way beyond the scope of yoga They have a very ego-driven job, and this plays a big part in class. She also said the client huffs when she can't do things or looks to others who are maybe more flexible, openly makes comments, and has left the class multiple times and re-entered the room, making sure that she causes a fuss or commotion. Okay, yoga teachers, I know you're all here for this. (laughs) She also said uh, this client cancels at the last minute all the time and it's a small studio so numbers are limited therefore other people miss out i've reinstated my cancellation policy to her and have now had to insist that payment is made for missed classes this has not made a difference i've also had clients not return to class because of this student as they don't want the distraction or the drama okay and she tells me a few more different examples but i wanted to read that to you because if you're a yoga teacher a fitness instructor an entrepreneur (laughs) You have definitely dealt with what this person called a difficult client. And here's what I have to say to you, because because when I put on my yoga teacher hat for a second, this can just press all of your buttons as a yoga teacher. Because if you are like most of us, you got into teaching because you want to help people, you want to share a practice that's been so meaningful to you, all of that stuff. And then you have somebody who doesn't seem like they want to be there and keeps showing up and you feel like they're creating all of this drama and everything else. Here's what I want to offer you. This might blow your mind. Everything she is doing is neutral. And maybe this is too wild to even think about. So you can just just imagine this. Everything that client is doing in your class, everything from showing up late not wanting to pay the cancellation fee, canceling at the last minute, huffing, puffing, making comments openly, doing a class you don't think she's, you don't think is appropriate for her. Let's just for a second imagine that it is totally neutral. So she does a thing. She Let's, let's say, let's pick the one that probably bothers most yoga teachers. Um, she doesn't listen to your instructions in class. The thing that's causing you a problem is not her not listening to the instructions in class. It's your thought about it. I'll say it again. It's not actually her not listening to you that's creating your emotions here. It's your thought about that. And I will tell you why that's true. Because I know some yoga teachers who have people come to their class who don't listen to what they say and those teachers could care less. They don't feel disrespected. They don't feel obliged to help them. 
they don't think or, or feel anything negative about it. They some teachers actually encourage it. Some teachers will say, if I give you a pose and you don't want to do it, do something else. That would drive me crazy as a yoga teacher, by the way. <laughs> Just I'm with you on on how that might make you feel. I've been there. I've kicked people out of my classes actually in the past for not listening to my instructions. But other teachers couldn't care less. And so that's why I can tell you for sure that her actions are neutral. They don't mean anything. They don't make you feel any way until you think a thought about them. And the reason I can say that it's true is because everybody can look at that situation and see something else. For instance, if you were to ask this question in a Facebook group of yoga teachers, you'd have 20,000 people telling you 20,000 different answers. I guarantee it. It'd be mind-blowing. Some people would say, oh, it's your ego as a teacher for wanting them to follow what you say. Someone else will say, if they're not listening to you, then they're distracting you. And if you're distracted, your other students aren't safe which would be my answer, actually, <laughs> just if we're talking as a yoga teacher. So, th- so the answer I have for you about this client and this situation is you can do whatever you want. You just have to like your reasons. So something that you said in the question, you said that firing the client was some advice that has been given to you, but you said it's not possible to fire them. Actually, it's totally possible. It's your studio. You can fire them. You can tell them not to come back. I know tons of studio owners who have had conversations with clients and said, hey, listen, you're disruptive in my studio space and you can't come back. You're actually fully allowed to do that. No one is forcing you to let this person practice in your studio, especially if they're doing something that you've deemed is unsafe. Because if they get hurt, well, there's the whole issue. So the exercise that I would give you, because I I can't say what the right thing for you to do is. I I don't know. But you do. I know you know. I know you know the right thing. So the exercise that I would suggest is for you to sit down because I think that you said that this is your uh, teaching business, this is your studio, is to actually sit down and come up with your studio guidelines, the rules of your studio, not just a cancellation policy. That's really important to have, but class etiquette. And then what you might want to do is send that out um, student-wide, maybe have people re-sign a contract with this information in it so that not only does this particular client have to say that, yes, I'll abide by the rules of the space and the rules here are what I'm going to follow, but then other clients know that you are going to enforce those things. So people who maybe weren't coming because of this one student know and understand that hey, things are changing, it's very concrete, the rules are there. The hard part is going to be enforcing it. So that's, I think, the, the main thing is here. The main thing here with any difficult client, any difficult relationship is setting up what you will and will not tolerate, what 
the point of your space and your classes really is. And then making sure that you follow through with enforcing sounds so weird, but enforcing it. So sometimes I work with a studio and they have a policy where if you cancel late three times, you no longer have the ability to sign up ahead of time for classes. It just automatically takes away that power from your account. This is your space. It's your business. Not only do you have the right to determine how that's going to operate, but you have the responsibility to make sure that you're really committed to your own policies. If you think that what this person needs is outside the scope of yoga, there's a huge responsibility to them and their safety to refer them. And I would say this for any wellness professional, but having a referral network is really helpful. I was an acupuncturist for a long time, and when someone would come to me with a physical or mental health issue that I felt I couldn't treat because it was too far outside of my scope, I would absolutely not hesitate to hand them back their money and say, listen, this is, this is something you need to be seeing a therapist for. This is a physical issue that doctors have told you that you need surgery for, and I'm not comfortable treating this with acupuncture. That's my professional decision. And I'm happy to help you find the right practitioner for you. So that is maybe that is one way that you could potentially help this person without um, making it feel like you're firing them. (laughs) But at the bare minimum, you need to get clean in your own thoughts about how your business operates, how you want to be with all of your students, and then set that Set that bar and don't think about it. Just follow your own policies. And here's one little um, specific thing, especially around cancellation policies. This is what I I think about for coaches, for yoga teachers, for massage therapists, um, any kind of wellnesspreneur. I always try to set my policies up and then stick to them because I would hate to start making exceptions for people who aren't following the policy and then have like my star best favorite clients find out that I was making exceptions. So for instance, let's say you have a cancellation policy in effect and you have a client that doesn't want to pay when they miss a class. But you have another client who will happily pay and take responsibility when they miss a class. How do you think the one who's following your rules and respects your policy is going to feel when they find out that you are giving special dispensation to people who are disrespectful of your policies, who want like a special, um, a special deal, even though they don't really follow the principles that you have set in place for your practice. You don't want to set up different policies for different people. I would say set your line, set your boundary, and if somebody crosses it, there's a consequence. And that consequence is going to be the same for for your for your favorite glowing star client to someone that just started working with you yesterday. 
And it's your job to really teach them that you respect your policies and they have to respect those policies as well. So as I say, I can't tell you what to do with this particular client, but I can tell you that you need to clean up your thinking around it, get really clean on how you want your business to run, how you want to interact with your clients, and make sure that that's a standard that you are willing to uphold at all times for all clients. That's how you're a professional in this situation. Okay, that was a longer answer than I had planned. So I'm actually going to save my last very juicy question for next time. I hope that you have found this discussion on how to deal with our own thoughts around things other people do (laughs) and trying as much as possible to let people be who they are and then manage our own mind and decide what we will allow in our lives and invite into our lives and what doesn't work for us. Um, I hope that that's been a helpful brain starter on this topic for you. And of course, if you would like to dive deeply into any challenging relationships you feel like you're having in your life, please do reach out to me. I am taking on a couple of new clients this month and you can get information on how to do that. And of course, comment and let me know what you thought of this episode over at alivewithpurposecoaching.com. This is episode 23. I'll talk to you soon.